Welcome. You are listening to a sermon from Christ Chapel Barry. Listen and be blessed. There's just one thing I want to point out from that song. It says, Is it not great that when he's four days late, he's what? When he's four days late, he's still on time. Brethren, our God is a God of eternity. Our God is a God of what? What's the meaning of eternity? There's no time. I'm 25 years. I'm 35 years. I am 99 years or 200 years. Time was created for you and I. Time does not limit God. Testimony time does not limit God. So when you, this, this songwriter said he's four days late. Maybe in your own case you think he's four years late. Maybe you think he's what? Ten years late? When he's ten years late, he's what? He's still on time. That's the message. No matter how late you think it is, or you think he is, you are the one that thinks he is late. Tell somebody he's not late. And I want to assure someone here, concerning that your situation, God is not late. I say God is not late. He will come through for you. And you have a wonderful testimony in Jesus' name. You are high and lifted up. There is no one like Hallelujah. Jesus, you are high and lifted up. There is no one like Hallelujah. Daddy, you are high and lifted up. There is no one like Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 eh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 yeah. hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
some people are not happy to be in church today. So maybe if you look at your neighbor and you see that this brother is not happy to be in church, what should you do? You need to relocate. <laughs> because if the brother is not happy to be in church, let him not hinder your own blessings. Or maybe it's a sister that is not happy to be in church. The, the story was shared with us. I know I've shared this here before. That the man of God went on the altar and he said people should shout hallelujah. And as they shouted hallelujah, there was a particular woman there. When she shouted hallelujah, something came out of her mouth. Now what came out of her mouth was what had been bothering her for years. She had gone to doctors, gone everywhere. They had no cure for her situation. And I'm sure, brethren, you know that uh, demons don't show under x-ray. There's one they do now, what they call it, scan. Anything scan cannot show demons. So the woman was going around with her, but that day she shouted hallelujah, and what happened? Her problem disappeared. Hallelujah, or preacher, whatever was hindering her. I don't know what pressures came with you to church today. But if you will learn to just leave that pressure where it belongs and shout a beautiful area to the living God, yeah. you will leave this place with your solution. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 Hey, sing hallelujah, 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 hey, hallelujah, 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 What manner of man is Jesus? Hallelujah. What manner of man is Jesus? Oh, what manner of man is Jesus? Hallelujah, 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 
you are Lord. We worship you this morning. Be glorified in Jesus name. Father touch us. Speak to us. Minister unto us. You are the burden bearer. Every burden that followed up into this sanctuary today. Father you will lift up in the name of Jesus. Like you have always done. Father put the devil to shame. Glorify your name in our lives. Let us all live here with our own testimonies. Amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord. For we are prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's have our seats. We are welcome in Jesus' name. The Lord continue to meet with us. And your expectations will be met today in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts chapter 2. I read verses 3 and 4. The book of Acts chapter 2. I read verses 3 and 4. Acts 2, 3 to 4. If you are there, shout hallelujah. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And they sat upon each, each one of them. Verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So we began to look at a topic we call the Holy Spirit and what? Anyone remember the Holy Spirit and what? Someone is sure, somebody is not sure. The Holy Spirit and new beginnings. Because uh, our, our theme for the month of September was what? New beginnings. And this month is what? Divine manifestation. So but we said 
New beginnings, culminating divine manifestation is only possible by virtue of who? The Holy Spirit. And so we, 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 we took note of the fact that when the Holy Spirit came, number one, we talked about the day of Pentecost, there was an expectation. The people were all in one accord, with one accord in one place. They were united. And we say suddenly, and we declare that God is doing something suddenly in somebody's life. Amen. Someone does not believe that. I said, God is doing something suddenly in somebody's life. Amen. So that thing that you think is going to take three years, God will do it suddenly. Amen. That thing that you think there's still going to be a delay, God will do it suddenly. Amen. So we said the Holy Spirit came suddenly. They didn't know when he was coming. In fact, I'm not even sure they understood what or who they were waiting for. But, and he did not come quietly. The Bible says he came, um, uh, he came with a sound from heaven. I will talk about that sound. The sound of victory. The type of sound that, that will emanate from somebody's house. Amen. The sound of rejoicing. Amen. The sound of the overcomer. The sound you make that your enemies will flee. Amen. The Holy Spirit came with a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. The type of wind that parted the Red Sea. You know, maybe where you are today, you think you are stranded. I want to tell you you are not stranded. Amen. I want to assure you there is a way forward. Amen. I said there is a way forward. Amen. If God could make a way through the Red Sea, uh-uh, where are you? What can you be doing that is too difficult for him to do? It is this same God that went and brought the prodigal son home. If you have a prodigal son in your life, he's coming home. Amen. I say he's coming home. Amen. Maybe you are, on, you are dealing with a prodigal daughter. She's coming home. Amen. Because this is the season of divine manifestation. And you will have your own testimony in Jesus' name. And uh, then the last time we spoke about this, the Bible says it filled all the house where they were sitting. And I remember I asked us a question. Where are you sitting? Where do you sit? Because there's a place you sit that the Holy Spirit cannot sit. When you sit where the Holy Spirit cannot sit, then that manifestation is hindered. Then the new beginnings are hindered. When you look at someone, say, blessed is that man. It says that walks not, that stands not, that sits not. There are places you can walk, stand or sit that will prevent the move of God. You will not prevent God's move in your life in Jesus' name. You will make way for yourself in Jesus' name. And so today we want to look at that part that says, there appeared unto them clothing thongs like as of fire. So when the Holy Spirit comes, he comes with what? Tongues of fire. He comes with what? Tongues of fire. Tongues of fire. He doesn't come quietly. He comes with tongues of fire. When Isaiah received a touch of what the Bible calls live coals from the altar of God, in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5 to 8, Isaiah 6, 5 to 8. Isaiah received life calls from the altar of God. In verse 5, he said, Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. He said, For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then look at verse 6. He said, Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a life call in his hand, which he had taken with the tongues from off the altar. Verse 7. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. Then in verse 8, the Lord said, 
I mean, as I said, he had a voice saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? So then said I, here am I, send me. You see, it means before he had that encounter, before he had the encounter that there was a transformation of his tongue, he wasn't qualified, even though he had been preaching. But after he had the encounter with fire, and there was a transformation of his tongue, God said, okay, now, I don't know if he's still ready. I don't know if he has said, well, I think I've seen enough. I don't know if he has gotten to a point like the song the choir sang where he said, well, I've waited four days. I've waited long enough. I am not the only one. Even God understands. I don't know if he has changed his mind. So I need to ask again, who shall I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah said what? Here am I. Send me. He had an encounter with that fire. His call was renewed. His what? His call was renewed. That was number one. His life was transformed. He saw his limitations. And he had a new encounter with God. So the day that Isaiah received that touch of life calls from the altar of God, four things happened to him. In my own recording, his call was renewed. His life was transformed. His eyes were opened to his limitations. And brethren, if your eyes are open to your limitations, the solution to that problem is half, I mean, the problem is halfway solved. Is that not so? Because once you know this is the limitation, and especially if it is God that makes you to see it, then you know the solution has come. And I have a word for someone here today. Your solution has come in Jesus' name. So what does the tongue of fire uh, do? I have a few things I've highlighted there. Number one, the tongue of fire puts its word in your mouth. In whose mouth? The tongue of fire does what? Puts his word. Whose word? So the tongue of fire puts God's word in your mouth. In my mouth. Tell somebody in your mouth. It's very important. In 2 Samuel chapter 23 verse 2. 2 Samuel 23 verse 2. The psalmist said, The spirit of the Lord spoke by me. And his word was where? In my tongue. His word was in my tongue. 2 Samuel 23 verse 2. And in Psalm 119. Psalm 119 verse 172. Psalm 119 verse 172. The psalmist said, My tongue shall speak of thy word. For all thy commandments are what? Righteousness. So the tongue of fire puts his word in your mouth. That's number one. Number two, the tongue of fire does not backbite, nor do evil to his neighbors. So maybe you can begin to ask yourself, have I had an encounter with this tongue of fire? Am I actually expecting a touch of the tongue of fire? Because the tongue of fire does not do what? Does not back. What does backbite mean? What does it mean to backbite? Ma, to do what? To talk of people at the back. Oh, yeah, now talk to people. What does it mean to backbite? To gossip. Uh -huh. We are talking as if we don't know it. <laughs> eh? What does it mean to backbite? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Psalm 15, verse 3. 
He said, he that backbited not with his tongue. He's talking about those who will see the Lord. Those who can stand before the Lord. Those who will have an encounter with the Lord. Psalm 15 verse 3. He that backbited not with his tongue. He that does not, like we have said, talk evil about someone at his back. You see, anybody that backbites will never overtake. Because you can't backbite from the front. Is that not so? If you are backbiting, you are always at the back. And then you will say, oh, eh, I am the head and not the tail. You have made yourself the tail. It's not God that has made you the tail. Once you choose to backbite, you have made yourself backward. Tell somebody, don't be backward. Tell, don't be afraid to tell your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, stop backbiting. It's very important. When you backbite, you are behind. And it brings so many limitations. It means as a, as a person, the tongue of fire. Because God doesn't waste his gifts. He doesn't. And if he wants you to speak his word, to be, to be a source of healing to someone else. And you choose to go and be backbite and say, ah, this one is not ready. Ask your neighbor, are you ready? Because brethren, I want to assure you of one thing. God has some wonderful things in store for us. Amen. But you must be sure that you are one of those that is not a backbiter. So, I mean, uh, no, one of those that do evil to their neighbors. Number three, the tongue of fire is what the Bible calls the pen of a ready writer. The what? The pen of a ready writer. Psalm 45 verses 1 and 2. Psalm 45 verses 1 and 2. The tongue of fire is the pen of a ready writer. It says, my heart is indicting a good matter. I speak of the things which I have made touching the king. My tongue is what? The pen of a ready writer. Then he goes to verse, he says, Thou art fairer than the children of men. Grace is poured up into thy lips. Therefore, God has blessed thee forever. I declare concerning someone here today, you are blessed forever. Amen. I say you are blessed forever. Amen. In other words, your blessing is not temporary. It's not like I was blessed yesterday. You know, like, I, I mean, I always like to remind, especially those of us that come from God's own country. When you are there, your house is very big. Because there's no gas, you don't pay, there's no gas bill. So you can afford to build your house as big as possible. You had five drivers. Is that also? You had maybe five cars. You had cook. Everything. Made. Uh, made. My sister is in the spirit. <laughs> then you get here now and uh, <laughs> and God is good. <laughs> But I want to assure you of something. There's something called restoration. Amen. You will be restored. Amen. And you know one thing that God does with restoration? He doesn't give you what you have lost. What does he do? He does more. You remember that passage? Unto him that does exceeding abundantly above all that we are able to do what? To ask or think. According to what? The power. That does what? That worketh in us. Ephesians 3.20. That is our God. I want to assure you, there's restoration for you. Amen. I said there's restoration for you. Amen. It doesn't matter how far you think you have gone or how far you think you have fallen. God will lift you up. Amen. The tongue of fire is the pen of a ready writer. 
And like I said, was it? Yeah, okay, I think it was where I was ministering last, last, last week. You see, there are times that God begins to speak to you. I know I've spoken to us before on the idea of our relationship with the Holy Spirit. When you ask the Holy Spirit, when you learn to ask the Holy Spirit in every situation, He will, be, he will speak to you. Now, he may not do it the day you start. Because he wants to know if you are serious. Ask somebody, are you serious? The day you make up your mind that every morning, I will say, good morning, who? Try it every day. When you wake up, the first thing you say is what? Good morning, Holy Spirit. Then you have a decision to make. You say, Holy Spirit, what should I do? And he sees the sincerity of your heart, he will answer you. Now, the way he will answer you may not be, uh, he may not talk to you the way we are talking now. No. That's why you need to learn to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. As you go along with him and you don't give up, there is what is called a divine clarity. You begin to know, and you know more and more, and eventually you can stand up and say, ah, the Lord just told me something. You know, the assignment God has given us in this church is to raise up men and women of God. Sons and daughters of God. Men and women who will be on fire for God. Ask your neighbor, are you ready to be on fire for God? It's a very simple calling. But it's not for the lazy people. It's not for lazy Christians. I'm sure we know that. It's not for people that on Sunday morning they are looking for where their Bible is. And they can't find it. It's not for people that you have all the translations on your phone. But you don't read it. Are we together? The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Why am I going there? The pen of a ready writer. When the Holy Spirit gives you I mean, a message, you begin to write. As you write, what happens? It continues to flow. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm getting to. That's what makes you, I mean, your mouth, the pen of a ready writer. He gives you a word, you put it down. But before you finish that, you just see that it's three words. It's flowing. Tell somebody it's flowing. The word is flowing. The message is flowing. When you finish, you look at it. Wonderful. Did I write this? And you know yourself. And you can very easily say, this is not me. But who? But God. The tongue of fire. Number four. I don't know. The tongue of fire will sing righteousness. We'll do what? Sing we'll sing righteousness. Psalm 51. Psalm 51. Verse 14 to 15. The psalmist said, Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of what? Of thy righteousness. He said, O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth will show forth your praise. The tongue of fire will sing what? Righteousness. What songs do you sing? What emanates from your mouth? That's the question. We know the type of questions that some of our sisters sing. I don't know if brothers too sing it too, but I know sisters sing it. Is that not so? Especially when you are sweeping and you have something against your husband. As you are sweeping, you start singing the song. And you are so much engrossed in it, but you make sure that who is listening. You make sure he's listening. Because the song you are singing, you are sending a message to him. You are not singing to God, you know it. That's not the type of song we are talking about. 
We are talking about the song you sing that will praise the Lord. The song you sing that will lift up his name. The song you sing that you yourself feel what? Elevated. I mean, you, 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 you finish singing and you know that you have touched the throne of grace. That's what the song of fire will do in the life of a child of God. The Bible says in Proverbs, Chapter 12, verse 18. He said, There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is what? Is health. And that's the next point. The tongue of fire brings health and healing. Brings what? Health and healing. Do you know that's a way you can talk to someone? And the person leaves the house and starts driving. And what will happen? The person will have an accident. Why? Because as and it may be he, it may be she. Because some of our men, some of our brothers, our mouths are terrible. When we speak to our wives, the woman will say, "Ah, which type of mistake did I make? How did I get to this point? And what made me to marry this man? True or false? Ah, uh ah. -uh. If I say true, it doesn't mean that it is you now. I may be you. Praise the Lord. Do you know that when you can talk to a person, the person will get into his or her car to drive, and before you know it, they say that's an accident. Why? Because the person is driving, there's a stop sign. The person does not see either yet yellow, green, or blue. Just going until the person hears. And then we begin to pray, but you caused it. That's not the tongue of fire. That's not the tongue that brings healing. That's not the type of tongue that the, I mean, that the Holy Spirit brings upon you and I. Proverbs 15, 4 says, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. But perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. A wholesome, so your tongue is supposed to do what? Bring life. Bring life. Your tongue is not supposed to lead people astray. Your tongue is supposed to be a source of wisdom. A source of what? Wisdom. wisdom. So that when the normal human tongue mixes with the fire of God, ah, the devil knows that what? He's in trouble. Your life is supposed to put the devil to flight. Brethren, your tongue is very important. The Spirit of God, that we are, the Holy Spirit I was talking about, when He touches you, He calls you, what the Bible calls, the tongue of fire that brings divine transformation. Divine transformation. So, on that day, the Bible says, that tongue sat upon individuals. And that tells me one thing. If you read down in the book of Acts chapter 2, while some received, others were spectators. So there are two groups. Is that not so? Some received a divine touch. Others were what? So which group do you belong to? That's my question for you today. The things of God is not like soccer. We all know soccer, right? How many people are on the field? Is it 11 or 12? <laughs> 11 people on the field. 50,000 are watching them. That's what we are talking about here. We are talking about you and I being key players in this enterprise. 
Some received, some were spectators. What made the difference? The people that were on the upper room, they were there with expectation. They expected God to, turn, I mean, to touch them. They expected that they are coming there, they will not leave without a touch from God. Those that were in the street, they came for Pentecost. I'm sure some of them did not even know what Pentecost meant. They just came to eat and drink and dance. But there was something happening at the upper room. And the manifestation was open to all. The Spirit of God is here today. Are you here with expectation? Are you here to receive? Are you here for an encounter? Are you here to have an experience that you say, the love met with me and this is my story? This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior. All that the Lord. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior. All that Do you realize that we all, every one of us has a story? Do you realize that when God is true with us, every one of us will have a story? The question is, will you come forth and say, this is my story? Or will you be hiding it and say, eh, me, I have no story? <laughs> will you be hiding it and say, eh, I mean, when others are having their encounter, and say, this is what God did for me. This is how God met me. What will be your testimony? That's the question. The tongue sat upon individuals, but it was not everybody in Jerusalem that, that had that touch. Only a few of them. Only those that came together with expectation. In the book of Acts chapter 3, verses 5 to 8, I'm going to read just verse 3. He says, He gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. That was the man, the lame man at the beautiful gate. He was there, he was begging for arms. But when he met uh, uh, Peter, and uh, Peter said, look on us. He said, well, for him to say I should look on him, then he must, what, he must be prepared to give me something. Of course, what he received that day was more than his expectation. But he had an expectation. If you have an expectation, God will meet with you. Amen. And he will meet with you beyond that expectation. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Philippians chapter 1 verse 20. Philippians chapter 1 verse 20. He said, according to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but I would all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. This was Paul speaking. Was he ever put to shame? No. He had difficulties. He fought with what he called beasts. He fought with, I mean, demons and all that. But he was never put to shame. Whatever battle you are fighting today is not comparable to the one he fought. I want to give you a word today. You will not be put to shame. Amen. I said you will not be put to shame. Amen. 
So those that had expectations had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. How do you expect? How do you expect? How do you expect? Just two things. Number one, with focus and no distraction. With what? Focus. Focus. Tell me what do you mean, focus? It's very important. In anything in life, you must be focused. Many of us are not focused. Can you ask your neighbor, are you focused? God is not unable or unwilling to do for us what we want him to do. But when we start one thing, and we are about to get to the point of receiving the desire of our God, what do we do? We change course. I want to be a nurse. Because nursing pays so much in Canada. And so I start doing nursing. And before I finish nursing, what happens? I go into PSW. <laughs> Even the PSW, after a while, I start looking for something else. Tell somebody to be focused. I want to give you an assurance. There's no way God cannot bless you. I, I don't know, is that the way I should put it? In other words, there's no limitation as to where God can bless you. And maybe one, something else we need to do is stop doing trial and error. I tell your neighbor, stop doing trial and error. What do I mean by that? Uh, let's try this one. If it works, then it's fine. If it does not, does not work, then we do what? Which, because we put the first thing last. Why don't you go before the Lord before you start? And say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And do you know, usually, what God will tell you to do does not normally flow with the popular... Am I making sense? I've shared some of my experience here with you before. I came from God's own country and I started something they call Oracle Financial. I spent 2,000 US dollars, not Canadian, no. 2,000 US. I didn't earn it here that I brought from Nigeria. That's a lot of, that's a lot of money. <laughs> 2,000 US dollars, that was what I spent to go and take that course. For about, is it three months or six months? I don't remember again. And our training was always on Saturday and Sunday. So it means for those six months, I didn't go to church. So I'll go to work Monday to Friday. Saturday and Sunday, I'll go for Oracle Financial Lectures. I think I still have some of the books in my house. I failed the exam, by the way. <laughs> then we finished training, and it was time to look for work. And then they gave us sample resume. We call it CV over there, but they call it resume here. They gave us sample resume. And said, I should put there that I have done Oracle Financial Installation for a company in Chicago. At that point in time, I don't even know where the border of U.S. is. <laughs> I came from Nigeria. I had never been to U.S. Then, I should, and then there's another, another company in Michigan. Either it is in North or South of America, I don't know. I should put it that I've done Oracle Financial Installation for them. 
That was the end of my Oracle financials. <laughs> Meanwhile, when I came to Canada, I told God, and God answered my prayer. I said, I want a job in accounting. I'm an accountant from Nigeria. And God answered my prayer. I got a job. And I started, I mean, I've, you see the story of all my life as an accountant up till the time I left uh, accounting. God helped me. So that's 2,000 US dollars. <laughs> the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. What am I trying to say? What took me there? I met somebody. <laughs> I met somebody and they said, ah, this is the the, the in thing now. In fact, if you do it, then no, this was in the year 2000. He said, if you do it, the, your first job will pay you 50,000 US dollars, not Canadian. No. At that point in time, the, the exchange rate was high. Now Canadian dollar has gone up. Then it was 60 something cents to one US. So 50,000 US dollar in the year 2000, that was more. And I wanted it. <laughs> the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. What am I trying to bring out? Don't go into it because that's what everybody is going into. Go into it because what the Lord says, that's the way for you. When the Lord tells you this is the way, others may be failing, but you will do what? You need to be focused, brethren. You need to be focused. It's very important. When you are focused, you cannot miss the way. When you are focused, you will look on to the experience of others to determine your way forward. When you are focused, your expectation will not be cut off. Remember, in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says, they were all with one accord in what? In focus. We are expecting what Jesus promised us. And we are going to stay here until we receive. Did they receive or not? So, number one, focus. Number two, with thirst. With what? You know, there's a difference between hunger and thirst. You can, I mean, you can afford not to eat for many days. But you need to drink liquid. Either it is water or whatever. I mean, of course, usually water. Otherwise, after a period of time, you will knock at the gate of heaven. How do you expect with focus, with thirst? Psalm 42, verse 1. Psalm 42, verse 1. As the heart panted after the water brooks, so panted my soul after thee. Oh God, my soul thirsted for God, for the living God. Psalm 42, you are Philippians. My soul thirsted for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? The last thing about tongues, the, the, the tongue of fire is that the tongues of fire gives utterance. Gives what? That's very important. I'm not sure we're going to have time to discuss that today. The tongues of fire gives utterance. And that is key. That is key. Because if you receive that utterance, that could be what will make the difference for you in life. You go for an interview, you have, you have studied everything studyable. But there's a question they will ask you that you answer that will impress the panel. And it's only the Spirit of God that can guide and direct you to that question. The tongue of fire gives utterance. The Bible tells us 
that when I mean uh, they had that encounter with the cloven tongues, verse four says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. That's Acts chapter two, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them what utterance. The tongue of fire gives utterance. When you look at, I mean, the, 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 you study the, 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 the scripture in depth, we are told that the Greek word, the Greek word that is called utterance in that place is defined as a word that is not of everyday speech, but belonging to dignified and elevated discourse. It's not of everyday speech, but belonging to what? Dignified and elevated discourse. It's not the word you speak every day. But it's a word that is given. You know, that's why Jesus Christ said, when they will bring you before magistrates, before uh, priests or wherever it is, he said, do not fear. Have no fear what you will speak. Who will give you the word you will speak? God will give you that word that you will speak. It's not what you studied. No. You know, when they came before Jesus and they said, should we pay tithe? I mean, what, no, is it tithe? What do they call that thing? Should we pay tax or not? He said, bring your money. Let me see. He looked at the money. He said, whose scripture is this? They said, he said, give unto Caesar. They, there was no way they could hold him at that point. He has not offended. In fact, he even helped them. Say, whatever belongs to Caesar, do what? Give it to him. They were, they were not expecting that. That is utterance. That's what the Lord gives to us. When we, when we uh, uh, perform or move or operate under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So the Bible says, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I'm going to say a few things about utterance and I will round up in a few minutes. The first thing we have to realize is that utterance is a gift. Tell us about the utterance. It's a gift. Very important. It's what God gives you. It's what the Spirit of God gives to you. And that is key. And that's what many of us need. That's what we need. Tell us about you need utterance. Um, okay, maybe the person doesn't like it. Point to me. And say, I need utterance. <laughs> utterance is a gift. It's a gift from God. Very important. The other thing is that utterance is usually accompanied with knowledge. It's accompanied with what? With knowledge. When you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5. 1 Corinthians 1, 5. 1 Corinthians 1, 5. It says that in everything you are enriched by him, in all utterance and in all knowledge. In all utterance and what? In all. The two go together. So that when you speak, you know, they said, I don't know if it's the quotation from the Bible, but yeah, it's in the Bible. That a fool... When he keeps quiet, is what? He's considered wise. Is that not so? So as long as he's quiet, ah, he's a wise man. 
When he opens his eyes, ah, oh, God. <laughs> we didn't know that you are such an empty barrel. We thought you were a reasonable person. So a fool, when he keeps quiet, is considered wise. But you know what? Like they said, that character is like smoke. Eventually, the fool will speak and be exposed to be what? A fool. But for you, you are a child of God. When you now speak, and you are speaking from the premises of utterance, and utterance does not go without what? Knowledge. Say, wow, I didn't know that. Tell me more about it. When is it you better don't be, don't be bloated and say, <laughs> Namio, you better keep say Holy Spirit. <laughs> Give me the next word. Yeah. So that I don't make what? A fool of myself. Because remember what the Bible says. It says, I am the Lord. That is my name. And what? My glory will I not share with any man. All trust is accompanied with knowledge. I think I should stop here. We'll continue from there next week. I remember a story, and I've shared this story with us here, of one of our brothers. I still saw him on Friday. That place... He still works in that company up till today. He went for a job interview. And he, he, he stood before the panel. That's the first, uh, uh, the first miracle. Was that the panel would ask him a question. And they would tell him how to answer the question. He was there for a job interview. They were asking him and telling him what. I mean, so at the end of the day, he got the job not because he knew anything he was doing there. In fact, he didn't have to talk. <laughs> so he got the job, and he said when he got to the office, he was the least experienced of all the staff he was supervising because they gave him the job of a manager. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not a story. I didn't read, I didn't, I don't read this in a book. It's someone I know. Like I said, I saw him on Friday. So when he gets to the job, I mean, when they have staff meeting, say, so, okay, we have this project we need to implement. What's your solution? How do we do it? So James will talk. Say, mm, that's a good idea. <laughs> Johnson, what do you think? That was, oh, that's good. Okay. Helene, what's your opinion? They are the ones that know what they are doing. <laughs> they are the ones that will talk and decide what will be done. And he's the manager. Tell somebody that is God. When you approach anything with a foundation of the living God, you can't fail. Amen. He said, my people, only his own people know. My people shall what? Shall never be ashamed. Only those who are his people, they will never be ashamed. What, no matter how it seems, if it looks as if shame is telling you in the face like this, so long as you are counted one of his own, you can stand up and say, the Bible says, and my people Hallelujah. shall never be ashamed. And I'm one of his people. Yeah. There's no way I can be ashamed. There's no way I can never be ashamed. Yeah. That's the counsel of God. He gives utterance. And the utterance he gives, he gives is accompanied with knowledge. I think I've shared, I feel like talking. <laughs> Don't worry, we're going to round up soon. I think I've, I've shared this with us here too. Of 
a panel of professors conducting examinations for medical students. That was their final, final examination before they give them whatever they wanted. Uh, MBBS, that's what we, they give us. This happened in God's own country. And so they were, I mean, people went and all of them failed. Why? Because they asked them a question which to the professors was very simple. They bring uh, 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 somebody with, I don't know what condition, and they say, what would be the first thing that you do? And they were all blowing grammar. And in the grammar, they were all blowing the field. Then this lady came. She was a child of God. She had been praying. I don't understand what is going on. So she sat before the panel, and there was a time limit to the question. What will you do? This is condition. Somebody is brought before you. This and they narrated everything. And then the lady looked at her wristwatch because of time limitation. And they began to clap their hands. She didn't look at her wristwatch because before she knew the, because she knew the answer. But you know, when they take, is it pulse? What do they do? Oh, yeah, they're not sister, my sister. Hey, it's pulse, Abby. That they so. When she looked at her wristwatch, they thought she was telling them that the first thing you do is do what? <laughs> she was the only one that passed the exam. Hallelujah. And of course, she's a child of God. I pray for you today. Amen. God will make way for you. Amen. God will open doors for you. Amen. God will smile on you. Amen. The Spirit of God will go before you. Amen. The Holy Ghost has come to give us way. He will make way for you. Amen. He is looking for men and women that will be testimonies. You will be one of them. Amen. This month of divine manifestation, Amen. your own manifestation Amen. will not be lacking. Amen. So shall it be Amen. in Jesus' name. Paraventure, you are in church today or you are watching online, you are not giving your life to Christ. We are talking about utterance that emanates from the Holy Spirit. And that means if God does not know you you ain't getting any utterance from the Holy Spirit. You are not born again. You are here. Please raise up your hand. We are going to pray together. You are online. You have not given your life to Jesus. You want to do so. Just say after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come before you right now. Take control of my life. I am tired of leading myself astray. Take hold of me. Guide and lead me. Glorify your name and put the devil to shame. And let my joy be full. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. I pray for everyone present here today. Father, you will touch your children. Amen. Father, you will uphold them. Amen. You will speak unto them. Amen. You will speak through them. Amen. Your name will be glorified in their lives. Amen. This week will be a unique week in their lives. Amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I go and sit down, because I mean, I, I know I can say this, but it's, it's come up to me now. By God's grace, I believe RCCG has declared a seven days prayer and fasting the last week of November. It's not this month. So you still have uh, about a month to... It's just a seven days prayer and fasting. <laughs> so I think, is it the last... Uh, I, I don't know the exact date now. We're going to get details later. But it ends on December 2nd. So please let's bear this in mind. It's just seven days. I mean, we just finished 30 days, so seven days should not be. Tell somebody that's not much. If I know some people here that can do seven days water only, <laughs> the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, 
But what I want to announce to us is by God's grace, our next 10 hours prayer is going to be on December 3. I thought somebody would be excited. Uh, that clap is gone from your heart. Now clap for your heart. <laughs> Amen. So on December 3, which is a Saturday from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., that's the first Saturday of the month of December. That's the, the, the time that normally corresponds with our uh, workers' meeting. So let's bear that in mind. December 3, from 9 a.m., so that you can plan our brethren. I've told you what the Lord wants to do in our midst. God is looking for men and women. We learned about, uh, sir, what was our topic in Sunday school this morning? Sunday school, what was the topic again? Human rights. Human rights. Okay, it's next week we are talking about uh, dominion, right? Dominion. Political dominion. dominion. One of the things we are, uh, I mean, but I remember we, one of the things even on human rights, we said you need what? The leading of the Holy Spirit. You don't wait until you have difficult situations before you say, ah, Holy Spirit, where are you? And I say, ah, as I sleep tonight, oh, I want to dream. It doesn't work that way. You need a living relationship with God. And he will smile on you. So please, let's bear this in mind. December 3 is still over a month away. From more than a month and a half, I believe. December 3 is our next 10 hours prayer. And because as we continue, we're going to be speaking, we're going to be talking about uh, the utterance of tongues. So when we come together on December 3, one of the things we're going to do for the first three hours, we're going to pray in tongues. And if you are not baptized in the spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues, make sure you don't miss it. Because that day, the Lord will touch you. Amen. I said the Lord will touch you. Amen. It is well with us in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our sermon here on Christ Chapel TV. Tune in next time for the next sermon. God bless you.